from the campus of Stanford University and on location. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast, featuring in-depth, one-on-one interviews with purpose-driven entrepreneurs and high-performance game changers committed to extraordinary ideas, preeminence, and multi-generational success. Our radio show and podcast illuminates the struggles, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes these game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Hosted by Tom Dioro, principal of Podfather Media. Thank you, Tatum, for our guest today. Let's welcome William Gadea, founder and creative director of Idea Rocket, maker of animated videos for businesses. Will and Idea Rocket make and, uh, and produce animated videos for some of the world's greatest companies. Clients have included J.P. Morgan, Kimberly Clark, Electronic Arts, Bank of America, Verizon, Alcatel, Lucent, and others. Idea Rocket is recognized as storytellers. I like that. For more information, feel free to visit IdeaRocketAnimation.com. IdeaRocketAnimation.com. Dot com. Hello, Will. Great to have you on our show. Thank you very much. We're honored. Hi, Tom. Uh, so, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this will be fun. I was looking really forward to uh, to this because I love animation. We'll start our show off with: uh, Do you have a favorite quote, Will, or a mantra that you either live by or means something to you that you uh, you uh, maybe say to yourself, or you may even have a placard or a, a note? Well, I I don't have it anywhere. But it's always in the back of my mind. It's a quote from Tao Te Ching. I'm going to mangle it a little bit, but I I, I want to give you the the sense of it. Uh, it. It says that some leaders are feared. It's better if you're loved. But the best kind of leader is when everybody says, oh, we did it all by ourselves. Nobody knows you're there. And that is something that I would aspire to to. To, to do the job so well that you're not even needed. Wow. You know what's interesting, uh, 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 so many levels with that, Will, is that takes a l- tremendous amount of work to mm-hmm. be able to produce something for folks. And I noticed on your website that you, you obviously you, you've worked with a number of large companies, but what's interesting is you still capture their voice. It's yes. not like, this is Will's style, and oh yeah, that's, it's, that's an idea. I, uh that uh, came out of Will's head. It lo- it sounds like them. It, it's their, it's it's a them. How do you do that? Is there a process, or that's just kind of like you said? It's a, it's a mindset, an attitude, and a culture. Well, I, I think it has to start with who who is speaking to who. Uh, what sort of brand is it? What what is the voice of the brand? Is it casual? Is it formal? Is it humorous? Is it dry and serious? And and what does that brand stand for? Who, who are they? And then you go to the other side because that, that's only half of the equation. Who are they talking to? And you try to put yourself in the minds and the shoes of the people that this video is meant to reach. And that might be like an employee at a company, but it might also be a customer of a large uh, company. So. Trying to understand who they are in terms of demographics, but also psychographics, you know, because sometimes uh, people in particular positions have a certain tendency. You know, if you talk to a stock trader, it's going to be a different vibe than if you talk to a kindergarten teacher. There's going to be a different psychologies there. 
So you try to, to understand who you're talking to, too. And then in between there, there's going to be a story that forms. And if you kind of follow that line, then you find the voice to speak this message, I think. That voice, is there a processing? Of course, you don't have to share exactly how it works, but a, a process to identify accurately the voice of your client. Well, I, I think a lot of companies go through quite a process in terms of branding themselves and trying to find out uh, what their mission is, uh, what their voice is when they speak to their customers and they develop a visual identity, which might be colors, it might be typefaces, etc. I think what they sometimes neglect to do is to go into the storytelling parts of their voice because usually those brand guidelines are designed for for print and 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 website rather than what we do which is storytelling in video form but you know if it isn't there you can usually connect the dots and find out well, what is the voice that this company speaks to its uh customers with i like that storytelling in video form you take basically what's an inanimate object, which is our words, <laughs> letters, and turn it into, um, you breathe life into it in a way. I don't know if anyone's ever said that, but and it, it's kind of like, it, I think of it as you're breathing life into this, <laughs> just words. What got you so inspired to do that? I think it's something that I've always done. Uh, before I started a company, I went to film school, and then after film school, I got interested in the theater. And I became a playwright, and I, I worked uh, on on plays and off off Broadway. And of course, it's not a very remunerative uh, <laughs> profession. So uh, eventually, I I, I, I kind of wanted to do something creative with my life instead of instead of having the creative during the day and money making so I could eat during the night. So <laughs> I, I I I segued into into animation. But from that time, you know, I was telling stories. And what I do now is no different than that. Uh, they're still stories. And they're a character having a problem and then uh, looking for a solution for that problem and, and resolving the, the, the conflict at the end, finding the solution. So it's still that flow uh, of, of problem and solution that you have, whether it be in an off-off-Broadway play or a video for a Fortune 500 company. On your uh, on your website, you have a, is it 75 seconds? What we do in 75 seconds was that by design to say let's do it within an X amount of time to describe who we are. Well, or it just happened to be the story was going to take 75. The the thing is that on. The, on on uh, the internet, people's attention spans are very short. So you should really do it as, as, as short as you can. There was this really interesting experiment that somebody did. They made a 90-second video, and then they took the first 30 seconds and, and then tested that 30-second one with the 90-second one. With the first 30 seconds in both are identical. But then they compared how, how people viewed those, and the fallout was much quicker in the 90-second video, 
which tells you it's not that people are getting bored. It's that people are actually looking at the play bar and seeing how much time is left. And they're making this quick mental calculation. Is this worth my time or not? So I, I don't want to say, you know, you should never make a video more longer than 90 seconds or you should never make a video longer than two minutes because it depends on what, how much you've got to say. But you have to kind of give a lot of priority for making that message as pithy as you possibly can. Yeah, I like that great word, pithy. So, <laughs> so to make it pithy, can you give an example of a company that came to you or an organization that came to you and said, uh, Will, here's what we do. And you, it was a little challenging, but you ended up with a great story. You don't have to say names, or, but just if you can give an example. Oh, I, I think it happens all the time. Um, Ooh, and, all the time. Yeah. I, 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 we're, we're always trying to translate that message into a story, you know, and wh where, where that begins usually is trying to figure out who the hero of the story is. Uh, sometimes it's a customer, sometimes it's a company, sometimes it's somebody else altogether. And, and you have to look for that perspective and uh, tell the story from, from that point of view. I think that's usually the first question I, I ask myself. Who is the hero? Love it. You're listening to the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast at KZSU, Stanford 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Will Gadea, founder and creative director of Idea Rocket maker of animated videos for businesses. For more information, feel free to visit their website at idearockanimation.com, idearockanimation.com. Well, back to that, who is the hero of the story? Is there always a hero in a story? Yes, uh, okay. usually there is. Um, sometimes you can go for a compound hero, a combination of, 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 of people. But that usually doesn't have as much punch as a single protagonist going through the, the video. So I, I always try to figure out a way of, of doing it. Now, a complicating factor, and, and it nearly always is a complicating factor, is that when, when you get a single protagonist, then oftentimes you have to choose an ethnicity and a gender for them. And in these times, when we're rightly, thinking about diversity and thinking about issues like that. Picking a single protagonist means you're sometimes healing some people, uh, leaving some people feeling like they're not included. So uh, you have to try to find uh, solutions for that. And what sometimes we do is create characters that are iconized, that are abstracted a little bit, that don't have a, a gender of, or ethnicity. Uh, that is one solution. Another solution is uh, the compound hero, like having, say, three people in the story rather than one. Another solution is just being iterative and telling the story from one perspective one time and then somebody else's perspective the other time. Uh, there's, there's solutions, uh, but it's a, it's a problem that we have to think about. The weighing the interests of storytelling, compelling storytelling, and the, and the interest to be inclusive too. Staying on that with the hero of the story is, um, my opinion, 
is that most people in some way, whether they admit it or not, want to kind of be their own, the hero of their own story. Mm. No, that's good. That's a good choice too. Uh, and, and, and sometimes there are these stories that are almost POV, you know, point of view, and, and you can kind of figure out a solution there. Oftentimes what we do, um, we, we made a, a video for MakerDAO, a series of videos and ex explaining their, their platform. And the hero there was a, an icon that represented the die, uh, coin. So, so, you know, a hero doesn't even have to be a person. Sometimes a hero is a thing. I'd be like a contract. We're animators, so we love to anthropomorphize. <laughs> One of our favorite words is anthropomorphize. Oh, I love that. I was going to say, that's a wonderful word, too. Yeah, yeah. Anthropomorphize. How do you say it? Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. Make into the shape of a person. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> it really is. So you got pithy so and you got anthropomorphize. I'm, <sighs> I'm using all my SAT words uh, today. I'm going to bathe in those words. <laughs> <laughs> so... Your characters, I'll use uh, what I've seen on, on your website is, what is it that really get, makes you so excited about working with some of the people you do? And how often do you see a website or you see a company site that you go, oh, I know how I can help this company explain what it is they do more, at least more effectively than they're currently doing. Does that happen to you? Oh, yeah, happen with you? It happens all the time, and oh, um, you know, <laughs> all the time. It's the no, time. it's a, it's a really a, a pleasure to 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 collaborate with a set group of people. You know, oftentimes, uh, what many of my competitors do is basically become these sort of sales and marketing arms, and then when when they get a job. They outsource it to teams that that cre create the videos, and they are kind of providing some creative direction. They're providing some writing. They're providing client liaison, but somebody else is producing it. We feel the need to have partners too, but we also feel the need to have our own uh, production facility, and we've done that. And we so since the. The, the labor costs in the U.S. are high enough that we wouldn't be competitive if we had a studio in the U.S. We have a production facility in Buenos Aires, where I am talking to you from today. What, what I see personally is I'm probably going to be spending uh, half the year here and half the year in, in, in New York area. But it, I, I think a lot of the, the, the excitement now in, in terms of the company is creating this sort of cultural bridge so that this incredibly talented, resourceful team in, in Buenos Aires can com communicate with a sales and marketing and creative direction and writing in the U.S. And we can really work together and, and do some exciting things. How, is the, how would you describe the culture at Idea Rocket? Considering that people are geographically not all in one space, how is the culture and 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 uh, what uh, what tickles you about the culture? Well, uh, I I think where we started this conversation might be a little indicative of what the culture is. I quoted my favorite book on leadership, Tao Te Ching. It's a Chinese book, centuries old, and it talks about a, a leadership style that is yielding uh that that is um 
laissez-faire. And I think when you talk about creative people and what their needs are, uh, I think things like autonomy are high on the, the list. But then at the same time, you need to also communicate this, the client needs and you need to impose some sort of standard of quality. So it's always, for me, this balancing act between trying to give the artists as much autonomy and, and pride in their work, ownership over their work as you can, but also trying to make sure that the other end is served too. So I, I would say that it is a, a place that, that is open, that is uh, searching for consensus, that hopefully is people are expressing themselves uh, honestly and, and frankly uh, about how they're feeling. Uh, another thing that's completely changed the culture of the company is uh, uh, employee ownership plan. So that uh, I uh, I am going to be retiring in I don't know ten years or so I suppose, and I'm giving away a third of the company to the employees, and then over the term of my retirement, have them buy out my section. And the idea that my employees are going to have a significant ownership stake in this in this company and one day you know uh own it completely i think that changes the mindset completely and makes people have an ownership mentality you know a a, a really a, a serve the client let's do what's 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 best for the company kind of mentality. Was there a galvanizing moment or moments that you can recall in your personal or professional life that uh, influenced this, this mindset of uh, autonomy and giving and, uh, and uh, ownership for, for people who are participating and contributing? You know, I, I, think it's, I think it's just the way I was brought up. Uh, I was brought up in a very laissez-faire way. I'm, I think the only person I know that, that can say that they can't really remember ever being punished as a kid. Wow. Uh, so, so, so I, I think that kind of leaves a certain desire for, to, to keep on having that feeling. And a desire to to let other people have that non-punitive, inclusive, nurturing kind of environment. It's terrific. That really is. Let's touch back on that one when when, you, uh, when we come back. This is the Entrepreneur's Radio Show and Podcast on KZSU, Stanford, ninety point one FM. We're talking today with uh, Will. Gadea, founder and creative director of Idea Rocket, maker of animated videos for business. For more information, you can visit idearocketanimation.com, idearocketanimation.com. And I'll segue, Will, if uh, you know, there's a company that you would like to recognize or an organization, even if you'd like to recognize them, we're going to, uh, to do so on uh, radio and podcast as well. Feel free. I would say... We've got the the election coming up, and I, I I definitely don't want to get political, but I I think we have a, a humanitarian crisis in our country that people don't 
usually acknowledge, and, and that's the illegal immigrants uh, in our country. I have a personal stake in this because for a few years, uh, I was an illegal immigrant. I went to study film at NYU, and I just overstayed my visa. And luckily, I, I kind of lucked out. My mom uh, remarried an uh, American, and she was able to claim me, and I, I got my residency, and eventually I got my citizenship. But I remember what that felt like, uh, that, that feeling that, uh, you know, the, the services that other people relied on, I couldn't really go to. I, I, I feared putting my name down in things. I feared talking about things. It was living in a state of fear and not really giving people a, a, a chance to, to, to really fulfill their potential. So my, the organization, I would uh, urge people to, to consider supporting is Voto Latino, which is a, a, a Latin vote uh, organization. And I, I say that just because I think perhaps the, those of us that are Latinos and that, that are citizens and do have the privilege of voting, I, I think that's where that problem might be addressed. If we just kind of say, hey, look, uh, these people are suffering and this is going to be a priority for us as a community. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Appreciate it. Well, here is a Voto Latino is a grassroots political organization focused on educating and empowering a new generation of Latinx voters, as well as creating a more robust and inclusive democracy through innovative digital campaigns, culturally relevant programs, and authentic voices. Voto Latino shepherds the latin community towards full realization of its political power for more information you can visit their website at votolatino.org again that's votolatino.org will and touching again now we're, we're getting to uh, kind of the essence of who will is and uh, if we jump back again to the hero of that story that is oh it seems like it's prevalent in your mindset whenever anyone approaches you correct that who is the hero of the story of their company or their organization? Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's a persona. Whether even if it's not a person, it could be a contract or a document. Yeah. That could be the very hero of, of of the story. What were some of the, or at least to say one of the uh, projects that you've done that was somewhat challenging? You know, can you don't have to name any names, but was challenging at least initially? Like, how are we going to describe what this organization or this company does? What are we going to? Are we going to position it? Are you at liberty to share? You know, who sure. It, you don't I, have to say who it I, is. I but. can talk a little bit about a current project that, that okay. I'm working on. And I don't think that, that mind me mentioning it. It's one of our more technical challenges. It, it's a company that refines platinum. Platinum, if you mind all the platinum... All the platinum that has been mined in history would fill a four-bedroom house. It's incredibly rare, and yet it is used to produce about 25% of consumer goods. So it's, it's usually used in catalysts for, for industrial processes. So when this 
catalyst gets gunked up, this company, Sabin Metal, that you don't hear about, that is not a household name, has mm-hmm. to extract that platinum and, and return it to, to the company. So I just love learning about things like that, learning about things <laughs> that I didn't know about before. It, it's one of the privileges of, of, of my work, you know, to be able to find out about the cryptocurrencies or find out about a new SaaS product or find out about a, a, a manufacturing process like this and, and explain it to people. That's, that's interesting. And I, I think there are a lot of people that are in my field of work that, that they get excited about the consumer work. And I can, I can see why I can tell you why, because it's, it allows for stylishness, it allows for poetry, it allows for things that are a little more elliptical, a little bit less um, predictable. But I also really dig just explaining something complicated to people so that they get it, so that it's vivid and, and it can be understood. How much is uh, reaching out to clients and how much is referral-based in your uh in your business, do you? I'll rephrase it. Do you reach out to a lot of people and say, "Here's what we can do," or do they come to you, or is it referral, or kind of both? It's a combination of things. We get a lot of referrals from past customers. One thing that we find that is a bit frustrating is that our, our relationships are with people, right, rather than companies. So we do a lot of work with a a company, and then the person leaves, and all of a sudden. There's no relationship anymore because the mm, relationship okay. was with that person. We still, for that reason, we still have to uh, be looking for new connections. And we have a, a number of marketing channels. Uh, we get business from SEO. We get business from AdWords. Uh, but I, I'd say at least half these days is, is returns business and referrals. And, uh, you know, we also have a director of business development that is on the hustings, you know, looking for uh, new uh, opportunities. How about even within companies and departments? Does it, has that happened? Yeah, no. I, again, it's one of my great frustrations is that we get in with this big companies that might do dozens or hundreds of videos, but our relationship is with that cylinder you know the one department that we're with so we try to we try to create new connections once we're with a company but it's not so easy you know oftentimes these these departments are are operating independently yeah will is there anything that we may not or or you may not have uh, shared with your audience today that you would like to share about idea rocket your value and where you see the uh the business world today and how you can help positively impact it. I think we've covered a lot of ground and I, 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 I'm glad that we were able to talk about the uh, employee ownership side. I'm, I'm glad we were able to talk about this bridge we're building uh, between our team here in Buenos Aires and, and the team in, in the U.S. I, I think I, I think that's the gist of it. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm really uh, can't think of uh, anything else to add. Well, thank you very much. Will, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure, and I'm really happy to have had you 
had you on your show today and uh, <laughs> i hope you consider coming back sometime soon because i i really like what it is that you do and uh, i'm sure it's only going to continue thank you very much thank you tom it was a lot of fun thank you thank you you've been listening to the entrepreneurs radio show and podcast our guest today has been william gadea founder and creative director of idea rocket maker of animated videos for businesses Will and Idea Rocket make and produce uh, animated videos for some of the world's greatest companies, including J.P. Morgan, Kimberly Clark, Electronic Arts, Bank of America, Verizon, and others. Idea Rocket is uh, is recognized as storytellers. For more information, feel free to visit idearocketanimation.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another purpose-driven entrepreneur or high-performing game changer committed to ideas, positive outcomes, and a better world. I'm Tom Dior. The Entrepreneur's radio show and podcast is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and on location. The chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. Chief engineer is Mark Lawrence, and we are all assisted by Peter Caroline and Omar L. Sabrao. And the executive producer and host of The Entrepreneur's Show is Tom Dior. If you wish to contact us, our email is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu.